Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Fantasy sports and politics. Get ready to rumble. You want to talk back. You in the right place. So take a step back before I get all up in your face. I know you got to live. You know I got mine. But there's like 50 yeah. other dudes holding on the phone lines. Your voice will be heard, sir. Next caller, please. And if I don't concur, we can agree to disagree. We're talking fantasies, books, and Gentlemen, children of all ages, Mr. FSPTU proudly presents Fantasy Sports and Politics Saturday Edition. Well, for now, it's just me. It's just me, Mr. FSP. What I want to tell you is that uh, I've got a great show lined up for you. We're going to discuss some of the headlines going on in uh, sports today, but my main focus will be recapping what took place during uh, the Super Bowl, which I correctly predicted, as well as correctly predicting how it would take place. Unlike somebody that claims they don't want to be anything but Mr. FSP to you, but I was right. A ton of you, including that co-host of mine, who was a absent without leave co-host last week, because I think he knew that, you know, I was going to be talking about how Denver would win. He would try to convince me that they that I was wrong, as he normally does. And then I turn around and prove him right yet again. So we're going to talk about that. Prove him right. Prove him right one again? Yeah, you're right. No, no, no. That I was right again. So, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. Hello, That's hello, hello, Mr. FSB. How are you today? I'm welcome, Mr. Anything but Mr. FSB to you. See, <laughs> you, know, you, you got hate in your heart. You've got hate in your heart, JT. You just do. You do. And, and it's okay. It's okay to be jealous. It's okay to to want to be like me. I've been winning, you know. I'm, I don't have Charlie, I don't have Charlie Sheen's uh, issues, but I am winning, and you can't deny it. I've been on a hot winning streak. Anything it's but. okay. It is okay. All of us can't be winners. Some of us must be like you, a loser. But with that being said, we're also going to talk about the Chicago Bears, who I feel happens to be uh, losing out on a great player, if all indications are true. And from what Matt Forte posted on his Facebook page, I mean, his Twitter page, uh, he won't be coming back to Chicago because 
the Bears don't want to resign him. Um, I'm quite sure Jerry has his thoughts on that. I have my thoughts on that. Um, we're going to get to that also. Now the Super Bowl is over. After we do this rehash show, next week we begin talking about baseball. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about this league I'm in. And uh, there's some interesting moves going on. And I made an interesting move like uh first couple days into the league, and I'll tell you how that went down. Uh, but, of course, Jerry's going to tell you I'm not credible when it comes to baseball, and I will admit I am not the best at baseball, but as of late, I have been getting better. And with what's going on in my fantasy sports life as of late, I think I'm 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 going to win again this year. 2015-2015 has been very, very good to me. Just like Sammy Sosa says, baseball has been very, very good to me. Without the PEDs, fantasy sports have been very, very good to me, Mr. FSP. To you. So, JT, don't, hey, hey, you can't deny the facts. The Let me facts. ask you something. Let me facts. ask you something. Um, yes. Have you recently beat we recently had any um, medical attention? <laughs> have, have you recently had any medical attention? No, but I've had a lot of strife. No, the reason why I'm asking you is that because I, 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 as much as you pat yourself on the back, you've you've got to have some serious bruising. So I'm wondering if you had medical attention to. Oh my goodness. Now, listen, it's okay when you have so many pats on the back to have. It's okay to get a little bruise. You are. It's okay to get a little bruise. You are. uh, You're just shameful. You're shameful. No, I'm not. I have no shame. I have no shame right now. That is is obvious. (laughs) Well, listen, it's okay. Are, are no, you standing okay. on the couch again? Are you standing on the couch again? Sit down. <laughs> <laughs> That's an inside joke, ladies and gentlemen. That is an inside joke. But it's okay. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad you like that. I'm about to call the old guy to have a heart attack. The old guy's about to have a heart attack. Oh, uh, That was so, pretty good. I like that. <laughs> so, let's break down this Super Bowl. Now, if let's you listen to last down. week's show. Let's break it down. Carolina broke week, down. Let's break it down. They sure did. They sure did. But if you listen to last week's abbreviated show, I did about a 20, 25-minute show. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, that was due to um, the fact that I was extremely tired. I had a lot of stuff going on that day. Not to mention that my co-host uh, didn't show up. But he had a reason. He was on, you know, involved with his wife, and and uh, it it was a, a mandatory uh, movie night, I guess, or afternoon, and uh, he didn't make it. But it's okay uh, because well, it gave me. If you, had, if you had a full show, I would have made it, but you cut the you cut the program short because I told you um, I was you, extremely tired. You were, you were tired, literally. No, you're a tired. You're a tired really? man. What I, really I, tired, I'm tired, stressed tired. out. I'm stressed out by yeah. soldiers like you. But the bottom line is that if, if it didn't. I, was one of I didn't need. 
if I was one of your what? soldiers, you probably you probably need psychological care because I would have been driving you nuts. <laughs> I already got one doing that. I already got one doing that to me. But there's always one. You know that there's always one. Yeah, always dude, one. This one, jeez. The point is this, ladies and gentlemen. The point is this. The twenty to twenty-five minutes I did spend talking, I was right on the money. Right on the money. And if you listen to me and you put your money where my mouth was, you won two. The reason I say two is because I won two hundred fifty dollars. I took some of Jerry's yeah. weekly earned money. That was sheer hey, luck. It, it, now I admit, yeah. I admit, it was, it was. However, however, to have the two NFL players. Matter of fact, let me do this before I even get any further with with this. I want to give a big shout out to Joe Holly and Garrett. Um, Oh, what's Garrett's last name? I forgot Garrett's last name. Sorry, Garrett. Wow. Garrett of the... Wow. That's how much you think of them. Wow. Well, listen, I got a busy life. But uh, Garrett of the new of the new Los Angeles Rams, as well as Joe Howley, uh, a.k.a. Hollywood, of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, matter of fact, next week... I'm going to play an interview I did with those guys. Uh, and hopefully I have the piece where Garrett discusses his thoughts about Peyton Manning coming out to L.A. Um, I don't know if you guys saw Jimmy Fallon when Magic tried to recruit Peyton just in case. But um, I had a good hour in the studio with those guys uh this past week or or this past, last week um just before the super bowl and uh we talked about it and some of it was garrett on Reynolds. air some of it yes garrett reynolds thanks um and some of it was on air some of it was off air but it it was a great conversation nonetheless um it's always good to get the perspective of a lineman uh you know interior or exterior lineman so interior being uh, center to guard and then exterior being the tackles. Um, and I pointed out that it was not just could come to L.A., but if when you hear this, it sounds like Garrett would really like him there but can't say it because at the end he, he kindly throws in he likes the guys that they have there. And that's, you know, just – being a team player, instead of saying, I would love that Peyton Manning over uh, Foles and whoever else, you know, he he, he plays the, the fence a little bit. But with that being said, let's get into this game. There are several things we talked about or I talked about last week that came true. Last week I talked about how the secondary of the Denver Broncos – was going to be key to shutting down the Carolina Panthers offense and how the front and and how the front four of Denver was going to terrorize Cam Newton. People were like, "Oh no, they've been blowing people out." They've been yeah, they've been blowing people out or they were blowing people out in the playoffs mainly because those teams fell so far behind early and they didn't play him close that the offense 
have the element of surprise. Either we're going to run the ball or we're going to throw the ball. But when they played Denver, it became, well, we can't run the ball, so we have to throw the ball. And as you noticed, they couldn't run the ball with Jonathan Stewart. But when uh, when uh, Artis Payne or Fozzie Whitaker were in the game, they made yards on the ground. Cam got a couple of yards running, but as I stated in the in the show last week, Artis Payne and Fozzie needed to be the focal points in order. Let me let me let me let me school you something here, man. Let me I hate to say it like this, but let me uh, inform you of something. Cameras Artis Payne was not on the field because he was inactive. It was only Mike Tolbert I, I, and Fozzie Whitaker. And I, I understand that, but what I said was last week was that it needed to be. Artist Payne or Fozzie, who were the focal point of the run game. That's that's the point of it all. That Jonathan and Stewart would not be a factor in this game. So the running production had to come from somewhere other than him. Now, I didn't count on him getting injured or anything like that, but forcing him with the ball in the middle was not going to work. Denver's interior uh, uh, defense, the the nose tackle, and and the two tackles, along with Danny Trevathan uh, and Paris, not Paris, um, I forgot, Marshall, Marshall, Brandon Marshall in the middle was not going to work. It wasn't. It just wasn't. What they needed to do was do swing passes and run outside, make Danny Trevathan cover a fast running back out of the backfield. And if you notice, that's the only time Carolina had success in the run game when they went outside and throwing outside passes. Well, let me put it this way, man. Let me put it this way. Okay. And this is, this is the statistics that that you're um, referring to. Carolina rushed for a total over 118, over uh, 100 yards, 118 yards for a fact, 4.44 on average. So they were able to run the football out of 27 carries, even though Jonathan Stewart only had 12 of those carries. So, and and, and they outgained Denver. Um, they it, it, by quite a bit. They they that, rushed for 100. Wait a minute, they rushed for 118 yards. And Cam Newton threw for 197. Now, quite naturally, his percentage was down because he got sacked so many times uh, and maybe fumbled the ball. But the bottom line is this. They out-yarded um, Denver. The, the only difference in the game was the turnovers. That was the no. only difference in the game. No, the, no. The only difference in the game no. was the turnovers. Listen, Jerry. You're you're skewing the point that I'm making. Hey, I said over 104 listen, yards. No, I didn't say I, I I didn't go to Denver. I didn't go to Denver yet. The point that I was making is the production, and I said this: the production was successful when they ran on the outside, not on the interior. I already said that. I said artist, not artist pain. Um, um, 
uh, Whitaker, he made several big plays going out on the exterior in the run game. I didn't say that Denver outperformed uh, uh, Carolina in the run game. No, I knew they didn't because uh, um, CJ only had like 90 yards. So with Cam's total rushes along with – and Cam had, I think, a total of like 40, 50 yards rushing or something like that along with right. Stewart's. I think I think uh, Stewart had like uh, 20 or, or less but the rest came from Tolbert and and um and uh uh Whitaker before before Whitaker got the concussion and all of that was on the outside Tolbert Tolbert got what two big runs up the middle that is it that is it everything else came from the outside the exterior that's my point in that and that's what I was trying to tell everybody last week when I was breaking down the game on four for Carolina now I also said that Von Miller and or uh, DeMarcus Ware was going to kill Michael Orr. I said it. Nobody had been talking about that matchup. Nobody. Nobody that I listened to. Wait a minute. The majority of the, if I'm not mistaken, um, mistakes that um, came from either uh, Sam Newton I thought it was the right side. I thought he was eating up the right tackle, well, left or right. He he was eating. He did. He was eating up. The, he was eating up the he, right tackle, left or right. He did. However, okay, on the on the sack strip, uh, fumble for the touchdown that came off the right end. Okay, yep. that came off the right end. The first sack by Vaughn, uh, that was a turnover, came off the left end because Michael Orr missed him. Demarcus Ware, both of Demarcus Ware's no. DeMarcus had two and a half sacks, uh, but both of those came off of Michael Orr. And then you had a couple come straight up the middle. So Khalil Mack and um, and and Michael Orr were getting abused along with the, the right tackle. But for the most part, most of the pressure, most of the pressure came from the left. The reason why uh, Von Miller was able to get that one-on-one action on the right was because they were trying to control DeMarcus Ware. So the the points of what I said last week were that the defensive secondary of Denver would shut down that suddenly high-powered passing game of, uh, of Carolina. You lose Philly Brown... Uh, I think in the third quarter, after he makes a great catch, because I thought it was going to be intercepted between uh, Ward and Tlaib. I thought it was going to be uh, interception, but he makes a great catch, falls on his back, hits his head, gets a concussion. He's gone. So now you're, you're relying on Funches, Ginn, and Kotri. Now, Ginn didn't get a ball until, like, the, the third quarter, and he got, like, what, 70 yards in the third quarter. But he also had a couple of drops that turned into something. interceptions. Let me tell you something, man. What are you now, tell now, me? What are you going to tell you? Tell I'm looking at the statistics right now, okay? Corey Brown, okay. before he got – up until the time he got hurt, he had seven targets. You know who had the most targets in that game? Do you know uh, who had the most – It was probably Ted Ginn because in the third quarter, yeah. that's when he started catching the ball. That's what I – 
what, what are you what are you trying to tell me? I already said this. Or I mean, again, you, you, had the most targets right behind uh, um, Greg Olson, who had nine. The uh, so okay, I I I didn't say they didn't have the targets. I understand that Cam Newton uh, at one point in time had to keep throwing the football, um, and I, I keep oh, on coming geez. back. I keep on coming back to this fact. Now, the Carolina Panthers had five sacks. The Denver Broncos had seven sacks. What I'm saying okay. to you is they outgained them. They almost uh, had the same amount of sacks as them. The, it came down to the turnovers, plain and simple. Jer- That's all. Jerry. They didn't out- it came to turnovers, and, and some of those were, I understand some of them were pressure turnovers, like the couple that um, – Tip uh, balls. Von but I mean, but, but uh, what? They, they, they outgained Denver horribly in this game, and okay. the defense bailed bailed them out. I understand. I understand what you're saying, but but, but no, you even, don't, because you're battling what I'm saying. No, even though Denver, I mean the Denver uh, Carolina, excuse me, was able to move the football on the ground. That's what I'm saying. You said it, that they were wouldn't be able to. Uh, or they would I have said unless they went on the outside, unless they went on the outside, which which, which was true. I mean, what well, what are you trying to debate? It, 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 all the yards happen on the outside. What I'm saying is this: if 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 Denver hadn't won the game, which quite naturally they did, and, and it's revisionist history, it's if if if, um, then one of the linemen, preferably not preferably, but quite naturally. Um, what's his name now? Because I'm trying to bring him up now. Uh, Corey Ely, I, I think his name. Okay. Yeah, Tony Ely, Defense. who had three sacks, who had three sacks, yeah. and, and was in the backfield of Denver constantly. Um, it was all about turnovers, dumb turnovers. I mean, there was two, two, one that was uh, uh went through the arms of I think it was Ted Ginn, what that became an interception. Another Mike Tolbert. Uh, he fumbled twice. One he, they recovered, meaning Carolina, and the other one went to. Um, the other one went to Ward. Uh, uh, Ward. Ward. Yeah, to Denver. Um, but it all came and one that uh, I won't say turnover, but it was like a turnover when uh, and and everybody everybody I talked to said that was a catch with Cotri, and that could have turned turned the game around right there. Could have been a different game. That uh, wasn't a if, catch. Uh, Okay, let me ask you something. It wasn't. Uh, let me, the well, ball hit the ground why. and came loose. That ball means the, the definition. Ground. Listen, listen. When he hit the ground, the ball right. was the ball was on the ground, but his hand was in it. However, it cannot move. The ball did move, and that means by definition, well, according well, to the NFL, it, it's not you, a catch. You just, you just said the, the his yeah, hand was under it the hit ball. the ground. He couldn't hit the ground. The ball but, didn't no, hit the no, ground. No, no. Jerry, Jerry, he didn't catch the ball and cradle it with his forearm. The ball was uh, more so like uh, at a, a, a uh, parallel, not parallel, perpendicular. It was a cross. Therefore, when he caught it, the tip of the ball hit the ground, causing it to move. Therefore, by definition, I didn't see of course that. you didn't. 
you you weren't standing on the couch then. But the uh, point stop. that I'm <laughs> but the they, ball they, they replayed it to, to, to ad nauseum. Um, even even the the um the the referee that they have in, on on um on all these games now, even the referee I forget his name off the top of my head. He he said it was a catch. Even the referee that um was uh, watching the game along with the uh, commentators that were calling analysts that were calling the game. They went to him to get his opinion before they they came back with a decision. Said it was a catch. And then he come it back and not. said that was a catch, man. No. It, it was okay. First of all, first of all, your whole theory that you're trying to get to is like I, I whatever. What I'm saying is this game was this game was very even, extremely even, extremely even, and pretty much uh, uh, that, that contradicts what I, you just said. It contradicts what you said about the yardage. That, wait a minute. Oh, my goodness. Wait a minute. You're not listening to what I'm saying. This game was extremely even because both teams were offsetting each other. The defense was uh, um, uh, turning over the Carolina Panthers and the um, and, and quite naturally putting in uh, the Denver Broncos in, in prime position to, to, for easy points versus Carolina – uh, keeping, for the most part, uh, even though they were on the field quite a bit, um, the um, the uh, Denver Broncos in check. Now, I know they scored 24 points, but uh, I would say um, probably over half those points were gift points because they put them in such uh, – uh, the Carolina's defense in such bad position that they, they – uh, um, uh, they you know, you, you only can put your finger in a, in a, in a dam for so long before um, – uh, it 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 uh, um Burst. breaks up. Burst, yes, burst. So, and that's what happened. I, no. I, I gotta give, I gotta no. give it to you. The offense didn't win this game. The the deep was all defense. And right, you're oh. right. You called it. You called it that the defense would have to do certain things to slow um the Broncos down, and they did that versus what um the uh, uh Carolina Panthers did not do. Listen, well, I mean, you're right. I, you're right. I, I know that. Thank you very much. My back is, is getting a little bit more bruised. But all I wanted to point out was that the way that I called it prior to the game, it played out that way. Now, I don't care about the the yardage differential. That that matters not to me. My The one thing that I did, uh, I believe, I didn't miss it but uh, it just didn't come fully out, was Bebe had a horrible game. Uh, Josh Norman is good, but Bebe had a bunch of drops. And what I said was that the secondary of Carolina was no match for Denver's receivers. And to an extent, I was right. However, Bebe... I mean, I don't know. He got hit a couple times really good. He did. But a couple of those passes, he should have caught. Emmanuel Sanders, who is their number two, played like a number two, but he he was the one that moved the ball when they needed to move the ball. Him or Owen, da- Owen Daniels and Green came in a few times. 
a big shout out to uh, my Dunbar Crimson Tide alumni, Vernon Davis, uh, for getting a Super Bowl ring. Uh, he had very little to do with the game, but he did play, and uh, he was on the field. I, I can say that much. But yeah, that's, that's key, about it. He was on the field. I, I know, but a key now factor. Here's a key factor in this game, and I've been saying it all football season long. Key factor. C.J. Anderson started the game, and C.J. Anderson, he, he kept chipping away and chipping away. He didn't have the big, big game. He got a nasty 90. That's what I call it, a nasty 90, meaning it wasn't big flashes. I think his longest run was like 13 yards. But the fact that they started him over Ronnie Hillman, who I've been saying all season long, should not be the starter. They were serious, Denver. They were serious about running the ball. That, no, that, that, was, no, that, was, that was no revelation. Cause, cause well, that's the only way they're going to, they had a, a chance of winning the football game is running the I football and playing defense. Because Peyton Manning, but, um, it was a – J-A-G. He's Johnny now on the J-A-G. job. No, J-A-G. J-A-G, just another guy. Well, whatever the case may be, whatever the case may be, uh, CJ put in work. And he, yes, they punted a lot. Denver did. However, when they did move the ball, it was because CJ Anderson made it happen along with that offensive line. Um, There were times that I figured, okay, they're going to try to eat clock, but they'll throw a screen. Nope. Hand off to CJ, he loses a couple yards. Hand off to Hillman, loses like four or five yards, whatever the case may be. I didn't see not one screen pass to the running back. I might have missed it because I was cooking breakfast for my soldiers, but uh, I didn't see one screen pass from Denver in that game to the running back. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? You you glossed over that role real quick. What? I, I, I didn't know your MOS was a cookie. Oh, really? No. That's not what it is, and you stop playing with me. No, okay, let me explain this. Let me explain this. So um, I have several single soldiers, and instead of them being in the barracks, I said, come to work, and we'll watch the game in the office and we'll cook breakfast. So me and my, my operations manager, we cooked breakfast for him. We went ahead and, of course, so we made pancakes and scrambled eggs and uh, sausages. And, oh, man, I forgot to bring out my uh, my uh, homemade sausages. But I, I took homemade sausages uh, to work and, you know, we grilled them up and, scrambled eggs and onions and stuff like that. And so they were watching the game while I was cooking. So uh, in one of the offices by the kitchen or by the break room, I was looking at it while everybody else was in the bullpen uh, looking at the game. I had a, um, the, one of the coaches of my son's team came up with his son and, you know, we, they just all hung out, watched the game because they had my DJs had to work. But everybody else didn't. That was my question, and I, and I gather they didn't want, they weren't able to watch the game because they had, they had no, to work. No, 
Oh, no. No, 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 no. Our morning DJ only had to work one hour because then we started playing the Super Bowl over our airwaves. So all they had to do was just hit a button, then come sit down and, you know, and enjoy the rest of the uh, Super Bowl. But my evening DJ, my evening DJ didn't come in. Uh, She stayed wherever she was. And then uh, when it was time for her to come in, she came in. But that's another story. Anyway, the bottom line is that uh, oh we had life we, of the NCO. I, I was enjoying the fact that everything I was saying was coming to pass. Now, before the game, one of my new soldiers, I call him DJ Baby J. He's six four, six five, former uh, South Carolina Gamecock. He was on the basketball team, blew his knee out freshman year, uh, but. The young man has – he still has his degree. Uh, he owns property or land. I ain't going to say property. Property is when you own like a half an acre or whatever. He owns land uh, in South Carolina. Uh, very well off. Chose to join the military because he wanted to do this. And he's, he's learning. I got to mentor him and all that other stuff. But uh, he's doing a pretty good job. Uh, so he wants to run his mouth. And I'm like, just like I told everybody on the show that Saturday, da 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 is going to happen. And before I got to finish, he 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 pulled a Jerry. He said, "That logic sounds all and good, but what you putting on it?" No, I said, "Listen to me." Oh man, no, Listen he didn't do that. He yes, he did. I there. said, "I said he pulled a Jerry, ran his <laughs> mouth, always talking, signifying <laughs> nothing." But I said, I, I said to him, look, I can't take your money. I can't do that because my, my son's coach is a lieutenant colonel, but he's he's mm-hmm. a cool dude. He's a cool mm-hmm. dude. Um, and I said, look, man, if you listen to what I just told you, it's going to happen. He said, nope, Cam going to do this. Cam going to do that. Uh, the defense going to do that. I said, no, he's not. No, he's not. So finally, I said, all right, cool. You tell me what you want to do, and I'll go with you. So he said, okay, lunch for a week. I said, okay, are you sure you want to do that? He said, yeah. I said, all right, okay. So after that first quarter, I was like, do you see what's happening? Didn't I tell you this is going to happen? He's like, it's just the first quarter. And then Vaughn Miller gets that sack strip at the beginning of the second for the touchdown with uh, Jackson. He's like, oh, man. Okay. Just a second quarter. Just a second quarter. <laughs> and I was like, I was sitting there cooking. I was like, how do you want your pancakes? With a little salt or a little hum- uh, humility. And I was talking mad garbage. And uh, a week before the game, my other my operations manager, he was like, uh, let's bet a steak. And I was like, okay, sure. So uh all this week I've been eating for free. Had my steak yesterday. It was a I wanted my porterhouse, but because I had to go coach on a Thursday night when they do it, he conveniently forgot to get my porterhouse and ate his. So I had a New York strip uh yesterday. 
And I was like, this is nowhere near a porterhouse. You've really hurt my feelings. But uh, it's okay. So Tuesday, my lunch will be another New York strip steak. But this time from my uh, young DJ who wanted to run his mouth. So anyway, I've talked a whole bunch about how I was right about this Super Bowl. And uh, Jerry seemed like he was being combative as usual and trying to say, you're right, but you were wrong. I mean, I know, Jerry. Y'all don't. It's okay. It's okay. Um, but with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Super Bowl 50 was a very interesting Super Bowl. I, my, my oldest daughter, my oldest Sloppy. daughter. Well, you know what? Well, before we get to that, my oldest daughter said it was a boring Super Bowl. I felt now, the same again, way. What? Oh yeah, wow! No, felt, we're going to debate this. I did I not find it to be. I, I didn't find it boring at all because I enjoy both defensive games as well as high offense. Now, with all the talent defenses, there is no way in the world that that could have been an offensive explosion on either side. When you have the number one and number three ranked defense in the NFL. If you think back to the last time Denver was in the Super Bowl, number one offense versus number one defense, which team prevailed? And it was the number one defense when they played Seattle. So, and but the thing about that was their defense showed up completely with their offense and special teams, whereas Denver's offense did not. And their defense was so stuck on their heels, they couldn't prove that they could be a good defense. But this game, both defenses showed up. I enjoyed a zero zero first quarter, not only because I won two hundred fifty dollars, <laughs> not only because I won two hundred fifty dollars, but because it was a defensive game. It was like, okay, you're not going to do nothing. You're not going to do nothing. We're not going to let you do squat. There were hits. There, I mean, plays were being made, and sometimes, sometimes. You need that type of game in order to enjoy, you know, a game. It doesn't always have to be a a 40-something to to 30-something game to enjoy it. Yes, for offense to sell tickets, sure. But if you want to win a championship, you have to bring a solid defense. A solid defense. Well, in my opinion, it was a boring game and it was a sloppy game. Because you had so many sacks, you had so many turnovers in that game, and the fact is that the neither offense, even though that um, Carolina outgained the, um, the Broncos, um, when when they had opportunities, it, the ball got turned over. Um, so they really didn't couldn't um, get anything sustained, or they. They got silly penalties to stall them at the most inopportune time. I agree. So, I agree with those so, silly penalties. So, so, so it, it was a, in my opinion, it was a very sloppy game on both sides. Uh, it, it showed the ineptitude and quite naturally the really ineptitude of the Denver offense and and, and the the wow um, the the yeah, absolutely ineptitude of Denver's offense. Peyton Manning had 141 yards passing. When has Peyton gone over? Listen, how many times did Peyton go over 200 yards during the season? Not very many. 
So what did you expect? Do you expect him to go over 200 yards in the Super Bowl in the biggest game of the season when he couldn't do it all season long? What, 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 did, what did you expect? Well, quite now, I understand that. What I'm saying is both teams were um, really the, the, relied on their defense. And and, and the, the offensive side of the ball, either the ineptitude of the Denver defense versus the um, silly mistakes as in penalties or turnovers that uh, Drop Carolina balls. dropped balls. Yeah, uh, um, contributed to, a, in my opinion, a very sloppy game. Very sloppy game. Very sloppy game, in my opinion. I got to disagree with that. But, hey, the thing is this. If Ted Ginn, I mean, how many, you know what? Did Greg Olson have more than four catches in that game? I don't think he did. But, uh, uh, yes, he, he had four catches exactly. Um, okay, like I said over. I said over, but no, not over. but here's no. the deal. I know I know Cam he didn't Newton, have over. I, Cam Newton had one interception and two fumbles lost. Peyton Manning had one interception and I think he had at least one, maybe two fumbles lost. Uh, besides no, it was, all, it was one. It was one. No, but, he had two fumbles. He had two fumbles. One lost. 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 I know. One lost. I mean, what? What do you? You know what? Mike, calm down. Mike, no, I'm not. I'm not excited. Mike Tobert had two fumbles and one loss. So, and so you got three fumbles on Carolina, one fumble on um um uh Denver, and uh, each quarterback had two interceptions. And that's not even thinking about the sacks. So, so it was a very sloppy, very sloppy no. game. No, that isn't a very that isn't a very sloppy game. If you're only looking at it from a offensive perspective, you're not looking at it from a defensive perspective. Somebody had to hit those guys in order for a fumble to happen. Somebody had to have it had had to be in the right place and play the right coverage to get the interceptions. And in a couple of those cases, there were tip balls. Like who would expect Ely dropping back in coverage to tip the ball to himself? and get, you know, a, a very good return on his interception. Nobody. I mean, I think that was the first time they dropped him because it's normally, it's normally uh, our boy, um, the the DN, that's like a cowboy, I forgot, Jared Allen. Normally, Jared Allen is the one that does the zone blitzing. He'll do the drop back. But they switched it up. They put Ely there to do that, and he tipped the ball to himself. I got an interception. I mean, Philly, not Philly Brown, um, Ted Ginn. But as I said, he dropped a lot of passes, and one of which was a tip off of his hands where Cam zipped it to him perfectly. It was perfect. But Cam gets the interception because Ginn can't control the ball. And then T.J. Ward grabs the pick off of the intercept, uh, off the tip. So it's not a sloppy game. It's Stop more again. so the defense, in my Stop opinion, again. in my Stop opinion, again. the defense, the defense I'll, I'll, caused a lot of things to happen, making it a good defensive battle. But hey, I, it's my opinion I, I, versus your opinion. I, I watched this game and halfway, maybe halfway through the second quarter, or maybe at halftime, <clears throat> just before halftime or just after halftime, I, I mentioned um, to my wife when we were watching it. 
uh, with and, and said, this, uh, to me, this is a boring game, very sloppy game. Um, because what I saw was, I saw two teams that, um, like I, I'll, I'll say it again, the ineptitude of the Denver offense and the um, sloppiness of the uh, um, uh, Panthers offense, either either dropping or uh, um, dropping passes or um, fumbling the football, uh, or like I said, penalties in the worst time, uh, which really killed them. Um, it was a sloppy game, in my opinion. Uh, and, and you know, I, and I like watching football, but in my and I've watched a lot of football. This is probably one of the worst football, uh, one of the worst Super Bowls I've watched. Even the blowouts were more. Some of these blowouts were more exciting than this game. Uh, you know, I understand. Wow. Two good defenses going against each other, but uh, the offenses did really did nothing um, to help themselves um, uh, in this game. It would seem like the only thing that really mattered in this game is how well the defenses uh, could play because the offenses really, um, really didn't show up on either side. They really did not show up. I got to disagree. I think the Carolina offense did show up. They just got outplayed. But right now, I think this is Jeff calling uh, from the 973 area code. Uh, Hopefully, I'm right. If I'm not, well, we'll see who it is. Call from 973. Welcome to Fantasy Sports and Politics. Please state your name. This is Jeff. Uh, I know it was Jeff. Can we all just get along? You know what? No, because Jerry Jerry is a problem. You're both right. It was a defensive game. It was also a sloppy game. You're both right. And believe me, I've seen much worse Super Bowls. One of the worst, this is going back like 20 years, was um, the 49ers-Chargers Super Bowl, where the only thing I remember about the second half, it was such a blowout, was shooting pool. Uh, I mean, it was one of the greatest Super Bowl parties ever. That's what I remember about that game. And there have been – I think, Jerry, you're being a little short-sighted if you think that's one of the worst Super Bowls. It wasn't one of the better ones. Exactly. It was one of the worst. And I'm glad – I mean, he didn't have much chance of getting it. But, uh, you know, the Super Bowl MVP, which is a huge award. I mean, Super Bowl MVP is much better than the regular season MVP because who remembers yep. all the regular yep. season MVPs? And yep. if Von Miller – hadn't been so dominant if it was more of a team effort. And, and believe me, that Denver defense is up there with the top defenses of all time. I mean, they're that good. If, and you have mm-hmm. to factor in, this is such a, a high-scoring era. And they really – they had some good players. They brought in some guys. That's a top-notch unit. Uh, that uh, – it reminded me this, – this Super Bowl was a little before my time. I've only seen the highlights. A Super Bowl five, And um, that game was – Defensive game, a sloppy game, uh, a defensive MVP, which we've had two of the past three years in Super Bowl, which which is not common. And that was the only Super Bowl where uh, uh, the MVP played on the losing team because there wasn't a real standout uh, player on the Colts. I mean, they almost should have given it to the kicker, but I guess, you know, all he did was, you know, kick the game-winning field goal, but – you know, it, it kind of had me thinking of that classic Super Bowl five, which also was uh, Johnny Unitas uh, close to retirement, and uh, he had to leave that game, which is almost unheard of for him. But uh, they got him in the ribs, and that that the rib pain is tough. That that's hard to work with, you know. Um, 
it got me thinking a little of Super Bowl five, but uh, it, it wasn't that bad of a game. And, and it, it was almost like, you know, two defensive fighters almost, you know, a um, little sloppy, no. but not, not, not the sloppiest game ever. I agree with you, Jeff. Of course, thank you. you. Sometimes you're the voice of reason, and I needed someone in here to stop this old man from standing on the couch beating on his hey, well, soapbox about how well, bad he is. Well, you know, I like Jerry because not for him, then I'd be the old guy. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so right. I like Jerry so much. So I, uh, I love him, but, too. Uh, he get on my nerves, though. I'll, I'll tell you, though, the uh, – I'll tell you, you know uh, – Peyton Manning, you know, uh, a lot of these guys, you know, star athletes, when they show class, it's an act. And I can't believe after the game, this is probably one of the biggest moments in his entire life, and this is a life filled with big moments. He pushes Budweiser twice? What a low-class piece of dirt. Twice he does that. He was trying to get an endorsement because Budweiser is not one of his endorsers, one of his sponsors. Well, no, he but he owns he owns a couple of distributorships. Even so, that that's just so low class. I mean, I can't remember the last time I had that many microphones in my face. But when I, when I had my bar mitzvah, I wasn't telling people to eat it ruts hot. You know, you oh don't my do god. that. Oh my you know? god! You, 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 you know, you gotta you gotta you gotta show a little class, even if you gotta fake it. And, and you know, active players, which technically he still is, he still is, is are not supposed to endorse beer, and that's one of the reasons that the is, beer companies they they like to reach out, they like to get a guy as soon as he retires, so this way it doesn't look like all the guys on their commercials are old men. Um, and believe me, I thought that was worse than, than uh, you know Cam Newton with with the hood on at the press conference. And, and my thing is with Cam. I mean, I don't, I don't care for the celebration, but I, it doesn't bother me. But I think if you're going to celebrate and play with that yep. kind of, you know, flair, right. that kind of flavor, whatever you want to call it, just do it. Don't, don't apologize. Don't talk about it. Just effing do it. And if you can't take the criticism, then, then just hand the ball to the ref. Just play the damn game, you know, because uh, I, I got no problem with it with his celebration, but like uh, – to just play the game and 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 and, and quit quit apologizing, quit talking about it. Just play, man. Ridiculous. Well, well, you know what? On the other vein is is the, the the way he handled it after the game. Um, what? Uh, that that would be, if you want to celebrate, you celebrate and find and you'd like to have fun. That's fine and all fine and dandy. You're gonna to have to deal with the criticism. Cause there's always gonna be some haters out there, but. In uh, the, the, the opposite side, if you're going to get beat um, or you're going to lose a game, then you got to uh, face the music uh, just as well, and, and not, in my opinion, pout uh, and, and um, deal with uh, um, the media the way he handled it, which was uh, totally um, like a. And, and this is ironic because I watched this on Mike and Mike uh, on ESPN um, a few days ago. Um, Chad Johnson, this is a hell of a pair. Chad Johnson and um, Terrell Owens were on Mike and Mike, and they were also on first first take. Um, and uh, the the question that they were asked, what did you think about Cam Newton and his press conference after the Super Bowl? And I guess Mike and Mike were looking for other than what they a- absolutely said. 
unprofessional. Both of them said the same thing. It was very unprofessional. He should have handled it a hell of a lot better than that. And uh, those are some two guys that were pretty con- controversial when they played um, in, in, in their antics on and off the field, So especially uh, Johnson on the field and, T- and Owens on the field, not so much uh, Terrell off the field. So um, if they said it, it was pretty unprofessional, then you got to think that well, what Cam, Cam did – Regardless of who was next to him, regardless if he could overhear another team, uh, the opposite team, uh, raving about what they needed to, to stop him, he's got to be able to handle it. He's a grown-ass man, 26 years old, been in the league for five years, and Listen. had his share of losing. Had his share of losing. You can't, you can't do what you I did. I got it. Uh, I got it. And- I got it. But see, here's the deal. Here's the deal, fellas. Um, I didn't want to get on this topic because I have a different view. Um, but the thing I, I I feel is important to understand is two things, and I agree with what Chris Harris said. The NFL messed up. The NFL put Denver Bronco players in between Carolina players for the post game. So you kind of put the player in that position. Now, Luke Keekley, he handled it the way everybody thinks that it should have been handled. He answered the questions. Uh, he sat there. He didn't seem upset. He didn't seem, that's fine. Cam Newton, we knew this from the day he joined the NFL. Year one, people are saying he doesn't know how to be a, a professional, he doesn't, blah, 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 blah. And now those same people are on his jock saying he's the best thing since sliced bread, and then he comes out and has a poor performance in the Super Bowl. And to his credit, a lot of, of these analysts said it wasn't his fault completely. It was a total team loss. Now, if you couple, well, couple that with if you couple that with the fact prior to this game, he said he hasn't changed. He didn't conform to anyone. For any reason. So the fact that he says this and reiterates this all week leading up to the Super Bowl, and it just so happens he loses, did we expect him to all of a sudden to become magnanimous during the press conference when all the time in his past history he behaved the same way? Now, now I get it. He's in a new stratosphere of quarterbacks. He's no longer the mid-card guy, so to speak. He's now a main eventer. And I said this to to my guys uh, while we're watching the game. Next year, when Kelvin Benjamin returns, if they fix their line, Carolina will be back in the Super Bowl. Because now he has an additional sure-handed target to throw the ball to. So, Cam Newton's attitude, I get it. It's there. He's not changing. The owner doesn't say you got to change. He just said don't get tattoos. Don't get tatted up. Cool. He didn't say change who you are. Ron Rivera, he says, yeah, I wish that he would have handled it differently. However, comma, that's the way Cam is. And we accept that, and that's our leader. And you guys don't see what he does during practice after practice, in the community, and all that. You take a snapshot of who he is 
when he's down and make him that person. And that's the thing. That's what the media and analysts but, do. However, that's, however, that's a- however, the thing is, to be honest, and this is why I didn't want to talk about it because I didn't want to go too deep into it. But to be honest, I couldn't say I, I would react any differently. And I'm a very, as you guys know, extremely competitive individual. And I would probably, if you ask me a close-ended question, they ask Cam, I would give yes and no answers too. I'm not going to elaborate. I don't want to be there. I just lost the biggest game of my career. I didn't play well. You're going to ask me a close-ended question? You're going to get a yes or no answer. So, and yes, I'm hearing my competitor just a booth over being uh, answering a question on how they were going to shut me down and stuff like that. Couple that in with all my frustration. I'd rather walk off and, and you know, not deal with it as opposed to getting fined or opposed to continuing getting asked the same question just differently answered it just because it answered the way you liked it doesn't mean you're gonna i'm gonna change my answer when you answer it a different and when you ask it a different way so again i probably would have reacted the same way regardless of the stature i have because we can go back and this is the last thing i want to talk about on this we can go back to when peyton walked off the field didn't, didn't even shake uh drew Brees' hand didn't even meet him at the 50 yard line of the super bowl to shake his hand Jeff just pointed out, you're not supposed to talk about alcohol. Peyton talks about it twice in two interviews. Didn't get a slap on the wrist, but he violates the rule. So let's not focus in on how classy or classless uh, Cam was because we knew that's who he was I didn't from think time classy to past. I didn't, I didn't well, well, I said, well whatever unprofessional, whatever, let's not focus in on that because we knew that's who he was to begin with. We're, a leopard doesn't change his spots. Well, you talk about so, a snapshot, but his snapshots have been a full-length video, man. Um, this is nothing new that, that Camp, Camp Newton. Exactly. Uh, exactly. So why, so why we talk about it? But it's a, it's a, a, a video that you, you don't expect to see, especially from a quarterback. Especially from somebody that that is the MVP of the league, especially when supposedly Cam is taking that next step to being a, a top tier quarterback, you don't expect that. Even though he said I've changed, uh, you know you can change, but um, uh, or I haven't changed. I put, put it this way: I haven't changed. You can not change and change some other ways, um, but his pouty ways. That's that's that. That that's not uh, what you expect out of a professional athlete, especially a quarterback. That a lot of people, and I'm talking when I say people, I'm talking about kids that look up to these athletes that idolize Cam Newton, uh, that get balls from Cam Newton and see okay. him out. That that's okay. not the type that you want to see. Now I I can agree with that for the example for the kids. I can understand that. Uh, and last thing we're talk about this because we got to talk about. Uh, uh, forte in baseball, but I was coaching a game today, assistant coaching a game today, and a player 
We already knew he got ejected in the previous game because he was so pouty and so uh, 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 demonstrative that he got ejected in the previous game. And he's their best player. Now, these are 13-year-olds now. A 13-year-old getting ejected and known throughout this league as someone that has an attitude problem at 13 years old. So on mm-hmm. that front, on that front, I can agree with you as far as being an example for the kids in a losing moment. Now, uh, I, that I will never debate because, yes, kids probably look up to them in a way that nobody else does, and to see that could send the wrong message to them. However, it's better than having Rosenhaus on your front lawn saying next question. It's better than having cameras in your face doing sit-ups or getting kicked out or getting kicked out of practice and sent home and showboating. It's better than having a Hall of Fame jersey or, or jacket on the sideline when you haven't been that good in your career to have a Hall of Fame jersey or, 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 or jacket. So, you know, I, I can agree with you, JT. I can agree with you. I can agree, but I, 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 I'm not going to. Two different I'm animals. not going to go too deep. I got it. I got it. I got it. Wait, I got it. But you, you, you glommed you glom, T.O. And, uh, and Chad Johnson oh, into one, one. Chad, you, you glommed T.O. And, and, and Chad Johnson into one um, one category. When they're two different guys. No, no. Two different not, guys. Not one category. Not one category. We're talking about antics. We're talking about antics. That's that's what we're talking about. And those well, antics were way worse this. than Cam's. So so with that being said, if you're gonna and, if you're gonna tell me him walking off is just as bad as what those guys did, come on now. Speaking yeah. of Hall speaking of a Hall of Fame, Chad Johnson is eligible for the Hall of Fame next year. Chad Johnson will not get in the Hall of Fame next year. Anytime I'm, I'm just saying he's eligible to, to I got the Hall of Fame next year. And it's a possibility that he he'll be put on there somewhere, but he's eligible for the Hall of Fame next year. But but here's the deal. He won't make finalists. When you still got T.O., you still got Tory Holt, you still got Isaac Bruce ahead of him. He is not anywhere near the caliber of player that those three men were. He was a big impact for Cincinnati. Got it. But compared to the impact Terrell Owens had on the four teams he played with, compared to Isaac Bruce and Tory Holt having the impacts that they had, he will not see the light of day of the hall until all three of those guys are in there. He shouldn't, in my opinion. He's not even better than Henry Ellard was. And I like Chad. I like Chad. I like Chad. But his numbers coming in, in, in a, a, a era of football where they started swiftly moving to the past, and in that time frame, Isaac Bruce, Terrell Owens, and Torrey Holt outperformed him on a consistent 
basis. So, I mean, he could be eligible all day on the field, hurt him, and then and then headbutting that woman. I, I got it. I got it. And headbutting your wife off the field, getting a divorce, being a spousal abuser. Yeah. Good luck with that. Ask Ray Rice. Ask Ray Rice what, what happened. Whoa, 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 whoa. If that's the case, whoa, whoa, then why whoa, whoa. is Marvin? Wait a minute. If that's the case, why is Marvin Harrison in, in the Hall of Fame hey, when he bro. was accused of a double no, murder? No, no, no. No, no. Twice. No, no. Marvin, Twice. Marvin Harrison Twice. was a. Listen. A difference between being accused and admitting to. Wait, you, you being listen, accused listen to and admitting to. Listen, listen to this. And, listen to what I'm saying. He did. Let me let me finish what I'm saying. What's the difference between Marvin Harrison um, being uh, somewhat tied to uh, two murders versus Terrell Owens, who has never ever been in trouble off the field, and he's got Bruh. better numbers than. Okay, Bruh, okay. I never excuse me. I never said that. Go ahead. Go now, ahead. Go ma- ahead ma- Jeff. Marvin Harrison. You know. You know what they say. It's the quiet ones you got to look out for. And um, uh, uh, but I want to make a joke because those are serious accusations. I right. thought it was just two shootings, not two murders, which is a difference. And um, you know, uh, it's not funny. But uh, me and my buddy used to call him uh, after I called him Machine Gun Marvin Harrison. Um. He oh caught a break God. when that happened, cause um, uh, it was I, when that happened. The the city of Philadelphia uh, issued a statement that uh, there had been uh, a bank robbery in that area around the same time. That's my theme music. You dig it? And um, <laughs> uh, there it goes. That, Never yeah, fail. That, uh, you know, those those are like the sounds of nature in. Uh, in the barrio, um, that um, that there had been this uh, bank robbery in the same neighborhood, and a cop had been killed, and because of that, their focus was on that and not the alleged Marvin Harrison shooting. And I remember thinking to myself, "Damn, this is Philadelphia. This is a major city. What? They can't do one big, two big investigations at the same time?" I and I, that just blew my mind. I, I and now. Uh, you know, uh, it's, I, I just brought it up, and uh, I, it's too much to read. So uh, he, he, I guess, they didn't have enough to charge him, you know, and that's what happens sometimes, you know. Witnesses don't want to talk or whatever, and there's a lot of things. And now I was just thinking of this recently because of the thing with uh, LaShawn McCoy in Philly, and, you know, I think the thing with LaShawn McCoy, if off-duty cops weren't involved, nobody would give it to us, you know? Um, but I'll tell you, the whole the investigation with Harrison, you know, I'm from the New York area, and the perception of Philly in the New York area is not good. You know, Philly is right. considered like the farm team and right. uh, in many ways. And, and the, the, the Philadelphia Police Department, after that, I was thinking, man, these are some small-time cats, you know? Um but you know what about you know? Hey, O.J. Simpson, look what he did. You know, it's a loophole. He gets off in the Allegedly. criminal court, but he gets busted in the civil court, and he's the Hall of Fame. Go figure. And now he's well, in jail for shot. He got and he's still the in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Well, he got I, listen. Inducted the Hall of Fame before the fact. Way oh. before the fact, and right. he was acquitted because it didn't fit. They had to acquit. 
However, uh, that didn't stop the feds for going after him. But let's move on, fellas. Let's move on. Um, we went down a path I really didn't want to go down. But I'm glad we had the conversation uh, because perception is what people are looking at nowadays. And uh, it is what it is. And the perception of the Chicago Bears is that they're going young, gifted, and without Matt Forte. Cheap. And, yeah, well, cheap. Matt Forte had tweeted that uh, his time in Chicago is over, even though he wanted to resign. The Bears have said they're not going to resign him. And I think last season or the middle of the season, we had talked about this. We talked about how John Fox was going to yep. clean house. He's going to yep. clean house, and Forte will probably be gone along with Alshon Jeffries and uh, maybe some of the high-priced offensive linemen that have not performed. So, with that being said, also, the defense is going to get shifted to a 3-4. So, Matt Forte leaves Chicago. Um, he's, what, 30, 31, something like that? Where does 30. he go? Okay, 30. Where does he go, and can he still have an impact? Uh, I caution you by saying, look at D'Angelo Williams. Just look at what he did in a backup capacity in Pittsburgh before you answer the question. I'm going to go to Jeff first, then Jerry. I'll tell you, with Forte, it's not his age. It's the mileage. It's kind of like buying one of these, uh, you know, uh, pickup trucks, something like that. You know, it's the, it's the mileage. He's got a lot of mileage. Um, you know, he, he probably, I, I don't think, I don't know if he'd still be in every down back for a 16-game season, but I think he could definitely contribute, especially in the passing game. So I think if, if a team, you know, if they have a, a lead back who isn't a good receiver, then uh, Forte might be a great pickup for uh, for a team like that. JT? Unfortunately, unfortunately, this this shapes up to be a back that a team – a lot of people in the, in, the, in the NFL do not like, and I'm talking about the New England Patriots. The type, this is the type of back that's a versatile back that can run the football, still be effective running the football, even though he's an older back, um, that they can get him for a good price, probably for, for $4 million or less. And he can also catch the ball quite naturally, we all know that, um, out, out of the backfield because this is primarily a um, passing offense in New England. So in my opinion – uh, one of the best spots for him to land and with a shot for him to win, to get in, in playoffs and, and possibly win the Super Bowl, uh, a ring, uh, would be a landing spot would be someplace like um, New England. Uh, I still think he's got a little left. I don't know how about how much, but he was too expensive for Chicago's taste, especially when they had Jeremy Lankford uh, pop on the scene when Forte was hurt during the season and played well. Uh so I guess the group are probably going to go with Lankford and bring in somebody else to back up Lankford or have uh, what John Fox likes to do, um, two backs versus just one main back. And, and uh, But two, those two backs are cheaper than um, Matt Forte. and Let Matt Forte take his wares on the free market. And like I said, I think probably the best spot for him, unfortunately, will be in the New, New England uh, area for the New England Patriots. I have a couple of different landing spots that make a lot more sense than New England because uh, I think they're happy with White 
and and the other guy, um, and LeGarrette. I think that would really? be – I think so. But here's before where you, I think he could go. Before you go that route, I, I want to know why you think that because look what they – Look what they did against uh, um, Denver. They didn't even they didn't even try to run the football. They they I know they were passing because they really didn't have someone to run the football that that they I could count you. on. I got you, but here's here's the thing: for the price that they would pay Forte, he would have to be a feature back, and he's not going to be. It's going to be Legarrette Blunt, and you know Stephen Jackson came along for the ride. He he's done, but. The scat back is not – I mean, that's what Forte can be perceived as, but he can run through the tackles. He can, as well as outside, and be a, a, a receiving threat. With that that's, being that's, said – with, with that's, that that's, being said – That's better than with, having – that's better than having um, – and, 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 and it, 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 it'll confuse it, the defense if you have Matt Forte in it because he's a versatile back versus James White, you know. Mainly going to be catching the football, or Garrett Blunt, who's going to be mainly running the football, and, and Stephen Jackson, who's going to be mainly running the football. You, you pigeonhole yourself in what your offense. No, is. no, you don't. That's what Belichick does. You never draft a Belichick running back in fantasy because you don't know what production they're going to get, and that's why you don't want. That's why Forte would not be a good fit there, not just fantasy wise, but because. You don't know what you're going to get with him. And to be honest, I'm going to be quite honest, New England's on the way, and I've, I know I've been saying it for the past three years. I know, I know. I, I, I strongly believe they're on their way down. But the places I see Forte going, actually playing and having a big impact, I see him in San Francisco. Carlos Hyde is a banger. He's a banger, but he's not healthy. And Chip Kelly wants a back that can run through the tackles as well as outside and catch the ball. You do not currently have that in San Francisco. You don't. Reggie Bush is not the answer. Okay? So that's one of the landing spots. I definitely see him going, starting, and being productive. Second place, San Diego. Melvin Gordon, without a a strong offensive line, is a wasted high draft pick. Anytime. You can let Oliver, Brandon Oliver, take the job from you pretty much because you're unproven and and you don't know what you're doing by week five before he gets injured and goes on IR and Danny Woodhead come in and be your feature back. You're you're not going to last long in the NFL at running back. I understand they invested a high draft pick in him, but I wouldn't bank on him being a part of the equation, especially with that offensive line. So I see uh, Forte going there. And the last place might not be the last place, but one of the last places I see him going is New Orleans. C.J. Spiller was a big mistake for them this year. Couldn't stay on the field. But he's the same type of back as Forte, except – Forte is better. Forte picks up the, uh, the 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 blitzer. Forte, as we said, four two player. He can do it all. Well, but that's a place I can see him flourishing in. 
I'm going to have to discount the uh, um uh, New Orleans because they are cap uh, um um deficient. Let me put it that way. And they're having problems yeah. with their cap and that uh, they have to try to get uh, well under the cap before they can really do any be be effective and, and get garner any players. Um that was their problem this past year and and they're going to suffer for maybe a, a maybe a couple more years before they um can get their cap cap issue straightened out. So Forte to, to to New Orleans, um that one I really can't see. Um the other ones are a possibility, but uh, you you pick probably one of the worst teams with a cap issue. Well, well, I mean, but there with several situations there, Drew can restructure cuz they already Benson already said he's not going anywhere. They're going to keep him there for the remainder of his contract. He can restructure. He's made a lot of money. If he wants to win again, they already traded away Jimmy Graham. And Jimmy's a free agent, so Jimmy can come back there if he wants and take less money to be with Drew. Uh, uh, what's my man name? You got uh, – uh, did I just lose you guys? I'm here. I'm okay. still here. You okay. lost your thought. Uh, no, 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 because the sound went out. sound went out. I had to hit a button. But um, – uh, my man uh, Jimmy could come back, take less money to rejoin him. Marquise Colston is probably going to have to take a pay cut. Max Unger isn't there. Uh, yes, he is. Max Unger is there. He he'll have to take a pay cut and a few others. But it's doable. Now they're going to cut CJ Miller, so there's some money there and some other players. Their defensive players are definitely going to get cut or they're going to have to take uh, uh, pay cuts because they were the worst defense in the NFL. So I can see them landing there. I mean, it's just anything is workable, anything. But with uh, about roughly 10 minutes left, I want to talk about baseball because uh, it's that time of year, and I know Betty Nana – What? Baseball been very, very good to me. Well, it was good to me. Now, here's the deal, and I know Jeff – uh, I know you like baseball a little bit, so we're going to talk about it too. But very little, very little. I, I know, I know. But I joined a twenty-team uh, fantasy league. Now this team, this team finished fifteenth last year. But I'm going to run down the lineup. The key is you have to have five keepers. You don't necessarily have to keep five, but you're allowed five keepers. Now here's what I had. Notice I said had. We haven't drafted yet, but it's coming. I had uh, Jose Altuve, Cal Seager, Josh Riddick, Billy Burns, Wilson Ramos, Yoni Escobar, um, Jan Jervis Solite, Mark Cana, Eddie Rosario, Angel Pagón, Justin Morneau, Jed Lowry. My pitchers. Trevor Rosenthal, Jeff Samarja, Mike Leak, Edison Val- Valquez, Eduardo Rodriguez, Wade Miley, Chris Young, Kelvin Herrera, Drew Pomerantz, Zach Duke, Jason Vargas, and Tom Collier. Now, what I did, because I noticed I only have one real valuable player. I traded Altuve for Chris Sale and Archer. 
and Chris Archer and a draft pick, a higher draft pick. Uh, so Altuve and a a decent draft pick for uh, those guys. I also traded away um, a couple of draft picks to uh, move up in an early round and fall back a little bit in a later round. Now, right now, my keepers are Archer, Sale, Rosenthal, and Valquez. The reason why I'm keeping pitchers as opposed to my bats, because I was thinking about Kyle Seeger. I was thinking about him, but I was like, I can find a decent third baseman because these guys, they're they're focused solely on their bats. And I get it. You, you're saying a pitcher's only going to get you a day, maybe two days worth of work, and a bat's going to get you five to seven. However, however, in a 20-team league, and you got to start, uh, uh, what seven pitchers? The value for me, because pitchers are the good pitchers. Let me put it that way: are not that uh, many in the league now or coming up. The value for me is in the pitcher. Now I can find a bat to get me average. I could find a bat that can steal bases, you know, but the categories for the pitcher are innings pitch, wins, saves, strikes, holds, ERA, whip, and quality starts, right? So with the pitchers I've selected, um, I've got the best save guy in the business right now with Trevor Rosenthal on St. Louis. I've got high strikeouts with Archer and Sales, but Sales, he didn't finish the season too well last year, and I'm trying to move him for Cespedes and uh, or in Carcinion. My bats, the categories for bats are not that bad. I mean, it, it you have uh, hits at bat, runs, hits, home runs, RBIs, stolen bases, average and on-base percentage. Now, some of the players that are already going to be on the free agent market when we draft, I'm probably going to be the only guy that drafts in the fifth round because I'm only keeping four. Everybody else is declaring five. So uh, Prince Fielder is going to be there. Um, Somebody's thinking about dropping Miguel uh, Cabrera. Uh, Somebody's thinking about dropping – Evan Gaddis, uh, power there. Maybe not the average, but power there. Uh, and a couple other decent bats uh, that are out there that will be there for me to pick. So while guys are trying to find pitchers, I'm loading up on bats and getting and, and filling in the rest of my rotation. Because I got three Man. starting pitchers. And one Man. closer. All I gotta do is get another closer. Go ahead. What? Give me those. Give me those pictures again. I know it's Sale and Archer. Yeah. The ones that I'm gonna keep. Yeah. Rosenthal is my closer, and Edison Valquez, Kansas City. Oh, I like it. With with low ERAs. 
Not, he's too volatile. I don't like Edison Vosquez. I, I like the other two, Sale and Archer. Uh, I, I'm a big Archer fan. I, I really like Chris Archer. Um, um, cause he's high strikeout and um, uh, I think and he's wins. getting better. Yeah, yeah, he's getting better, better and better each year. So, um, I really like Chris Archer. Sale, he's high strikeouts. He's on a team that um, is not too win. good. Yeah, I know. Uh, so he his wins may not add up. Yeah, if I was you, I would try to move him. Uh, for, oh, that's uh, what I'm doing. Yeah, Out of Cespedes or Encarnacion. Yeah, you may not get it in Carcion. Carcion is pretty. Oh uh, no, no, I got a deal in place. Dude wants straight up sale for Encarnacion, and I'm like, nah, I need another. I need another pick, or I need a a different player to go with him because. What? Listen, listen. He's work. We were talking about swapping draft picks in the deal, and I'm like, okay, I'm willing to fall back one round behind the draft pick I give you. But he's like, no, I need you to take this one, uh, which is like two or three rounds. I'm like, no, can't do it. I understand that Carcion might be a top ten player, but if yeah, he is. Listen, as I said, I know he's a top 10 player. However, if you want sell that bad that you're willing to go straight up, that gives me leverage that you're willing to do that. He was willing to do Cespedes and Morales for sale alone. And I said, okay, well, you know what? Maybe we can do something. So he's going to now trade Cespedes for Encarcion and then trade me Encarcion for sale in a pick. So we're 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 trying to work it out, but in a twenty team league, and I and I know Jeff isn't a big baseball guy, so I want to get what he says first, just on my logic. And then Jerry, I let you do. We only got three minutes left of live air, but this can go in overtime for a little bit. But I want to hear your thoughts, uh, Jeff and JT. Go ahead, Jeff. You know, it, it's really tough because I, I I'm not quite sure how these uh, baseball fantasy leagues work. Uh, it sounds like, you know, you're reading the fine print trying to figure out what angles to work for this league because that's huge because every league is different. Even if it's only a little different, that that could go a long way. I, I think, uh, and you, you probably already looked into this, uh, you know, the, for the big news in New York is everybody's talking about that uh, – that Mets pitcher got busted for PEDs for the third time. Needless to say, avoid those kind of guys. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. But uh, in baseball, I think in fantasy, it's very relevant who's in a a, a contract year. Because in football, they don't have guaranteed money, so it's not as important. And once in a while, there'll be a big-name guy in a contract year. But baseball... I think it becomes a lot more relevant of who's in a contract year. And once in a while, a player who's a little above average will really bust out when he's in the last year of a deal. Um, that's something that that's something I'd want to keep an eye on. And even if it's only, you know, one or two guys you get like that, that one or two guy could be huge for you. So, um, but but I, I don't I'm not that familiar on how uh, baseball fantasy works. I mean, I just was thinking today. You know, this is the part of the year I hate. NFL is done, and I wish somebody would bring back the USFL or improve the <laughs> Arena League because football is my sport. You know, uh, when I was a kid growing up, I watched baseball. 
I, you know, I still watch some basketball. This time of year is when I watch some pro hoops. But uh, I, I lost all interest in baseball many years ago. Uh, as that game got longer and more boring and more specialized, my, my attention span shrunk, and, and it keeps getting worse and worse. So uh, I don't have the time or patience for baseball anymore. That's all right. JT, you got one minute. Uh, I like Incarcion, man. Um, I, 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 for sale, that if he was going to do that, I would do that in a heartbeat. Um, um, there's always some pitchers out there that you can pick up. Um, even in a 20 team league, there's always pitch, pitchers that you can pick up. But bats, major bats, top 10 bat, bats, um, in a 20 team league, you can't pick that up. Uh, you can't, yeah, you, I agree. You, you've, very rare. So, um, if the guy wanted to give me an everyday player for a pitcher that is on a losing team, even though he's a high strikeout guy, and maybe, but he's a fragile guy because he can he he's not a, a, a big frame guy. I would have a hard time not taking that deal. Um, if if I had to go with a lower pick, um, I would take that in on sale deal in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat, without well, a shadow of a doubt. He's got to he's got to make the deal for Cespedes and Carcion. Um He's got it locked down, so we'll 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 see what happens. But uh, we'll see, ladies and gentlemen. We're in overtime right now. I want to thank y'all for listening to the program. Jerry ended just as we went into overtime. Um, with that being said, I want to thank everybody for listening to the program. Uh, we try to have some entertaining uh, conversation as well as informative conversation. And uh, I think we did that today. Uh, I want to thank my longtime guest or, or co-host. I'm talking about Jeff the Joker. And uh, my ace, Boom Coon, the guy that I usually put the toilet paper in, which is my right hand. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Jerry Taylor. You man, <laughs> oh yeah, I got some toilet paper for you too, buddy. Um, I want to thank my guys for showing up and showing out. Uh, if you go to Facebook and you look me up, my wife recorded me uh, doing Uptown Funk on Rock Band, the men versus the women, and for the first time ever, for the first time ever, the men have beat the women, and the women are sore losers. They are Jerry's. Because they oh, claim, man. no, no, listen, listen. They claim because we did digital games or whatever that it wasn't a real victory. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That's how they play. They they, they don't want to give credit where credit's due. And the women outnumbered the men. It, we had to get my oldest son to play with us, and he did well. You know, he get to play. He got to play with the, the men and represent the men. So I got to give love to him and everybody that came over. I had a, a game night for uh, all of the uh, my station. Whereas, you know, we brought the families over and we all hung out and you know do some some team building type stuff and family bonding. Uh, and uh, it was a good time. But I want to thank you two for being a part of my extended family. 
I always can count on you for for something. Uh Jeff, I can count on you to be there when I need you. Jerry, I can count on you to give me a hard time just because you want to. But you're still my ace, and you still got my toilet paper. So with that being said, you want to say anything before we go, Jeff? um, I'm glad I listened, and I'm glad I called in, and uh, best wishes to everyone. All right, JT, what you got going on tomorrow? Uh, I got um, some... um fantasy baseball going on. I'll be talking about um, um, up-and-coming pitchers and catchers. I think they start uh, next week and talking about the baseball season and uh, maybe some some thoughts that I didn't relay here on the Super Bowl. Okay. Well, next week, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to talk about baseball, and Jerry will probably repeat those pitchers and catchers on the show as he has the outfielders, pitchers and catchers, I have first baseman, second base, shortstop, and third base. Are you doing relief pitchers as well, Jerry, or did we say you weren't going to touch relief pitchers? I'm not doing relief. Okay, so I might touch on relief pitchers. We'll see what happens in that uh, area. With that being said, I want to thank everybody for listening to Fantasy Sports Politics Saturday edition. Check out tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, The Master Plan with JT, ATM Money. I might even call in since President's Day. Well, my Monday is your Sunday, so I might be able to call in. Um, I want to thank everybody for having – and if you listened to me this season, fantasy season, oh, football season, we you were we a winner. What? We what? We I just we said go. if you listen to me, unlike Jerry – just get you some know, extra padding. Just get some extra padding on your back, man. Hey, four titles don't lie. And 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 as I said, I want to thank all my fantasy people for paying for my trip to China. Yeah, thank y'all. Um, and the belt looks good on my shoulder and my waist. Yeah, yeah. Just don't so try, with that. Just don't try to fit it, fit it on your head because it's too big for that. Right now it is. <laughs> But with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Fantasy Sports and Politics. You want to talk back? You in the right place. So take a step back before I get all up in your face. I know you got to live. You know what got mine. But there's like 50 other dudes holding on the phone line. Your voice will be heard, sir. Next caller, please. And if I don't concur, we can agree to disagree. We're talking Fantasy Sports and Politics. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.